Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off, 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 off the Record. Yo, 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 what's going on? Welcome back to another Off The Record podcast. In the building today is... Danny James. Jamie and, Hartley. And is. <laughs> <laughs> and is me, Lawrence James. Welcome back to another podcast. Um, hope you've been enjoying the new series of the podcast. And today we're coming back with another theme and we are talking dollar, dollar bills, y'all. We're talking about <laughs> money, earning money as a DJ. How much do DJs get paid? How much should you be getting paid? How can you make money from DJing and, you know, using other um, streams of income um, to help facilitate your DJ income as well? So we're going to talk money, but we'll have a bit of a catch up. How are you boys? Good? Yeah, very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going I'm on. Good. Stems has been going off. Yeah. Yes. It's been exciting to see the um, response from the industry. It's yeah. been a big response. Yeah. Hasn't I, it? You didn't think it'd be as big a response as, as. I wasn't prepared for how big it was. I think, um, you know, Serata, you know, Recordbox is the most popular software. Mm. So that usually gets the most noise and everything. But yeah. all the Serato, I think it's because it was such a positive um, addition. And that, that's why it's so. Yeah. Such a big talking point. Yeah. And Serato is widely used by working DJs. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, professional DJs, let's say. Yeah. Um, not to say that professional DJs don't use virtual DJ because, you know, it's yeah. been around in there for a long time. But there's definitely a certain type of clientele that would make use of stems that uses Serato. And I think that was that synergy of like, okay, the people yep. that are using Serato would really benefit off this feature. Yeah. Um, Whereas in other softwares, the people that are just getting started on algorithm, they're not thinking about stems, they're just thinking yeah. about trying to mix two tunes together. So yeah, exactly. there's definitely, that's where I think this this energy's come from off the back of it. I think we're going to talk a bit more about it because there's a lot of questions coming from so Discord. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Like you say, we're getting into the the money side of DJ. And it's one of the most popular questions we get it asked is, a lot. Yeah. Like, how much should I charge for it's, my yeah. first It's always step? a funny, it's always a, you know, we talk about money in any kind of industry. It's always a funny um, bit of a taboo subject to talk about. Isn't yeah. it? Not a lot of people talk about money, but I'm going to scrap that. I'm happy talking about money. I don't mind sharing how much you can make generally in DJing. Yeah. Um, so let's take it, if you're just starting out and you're trying to get some gigs, you know, we've talked about a lot, you know, getting your foot in the door. Go on. I was going to say, before we actually get yeah, to go. the money, I bet there's people listening yeah. where they have parents who are like get a real job like, have you ever had this <laughs> I experience had this. okay I had this so exact thing, yeah. you explain it then well so i'm not gonna say my parents didn't support anything <laughs> like i had good parents they were like you know whatever you want to do go for it and i was lucky in that respect but my parents were like at the same time can you make money from this is yeah. it gonna lead to anything you know can you is it a job is it sustainable all that and you know they were, why do you think that is because i just think it's it Maybe more so now, but you know, a few years ago, it wasn't kind of, I don't know, seen as a real job, I guess. You know, but but also, people don't know it. you don't really, well, I, I personally didn't get into DJing to make money. Like I didn't, yeah, no, yeah. I got into DJing because I like, it looked look cool. Course, like I yeah. loved music. I yeah. loved hip hop music. I thought this is cool. I wasn't like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. in a year's time, I'm going to replace my job with this. No. It was just like, I just want to get get some decks. I want to get like, yeah. you know, 20 vinyl, 20 tracks and just yeah. start get my friends in my, around to my bedroom and have yeah. a bit of a jam. And then I, you know, you go to house parties and I'll do the DJ for you. And I yeah, thought yeah. it was more like, more like a flex than anything, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, mine was really similar to that. But then it was, as I started to get towards the age of where I was leaving school, Yeah, I've been doing loads of friends parties and stuff, having loads of fun with it, just playing music, like you say. But then I got to this point where it's like, right, I don't really know what I want to do outside yeah. of this. And then, but once I got to the age where I could start going out and I saw that there was like working DJs and I met a few guys that I know now, like you being one of them. 
it's like oh you can make a career out of it you know and it's um that kind of like pushed me to go and do it and yeah i suppose it's that generational thing as well there weren't you know djing's more popular than it ever has sure, been yeah. yeah and for our our pe- parents generation and the generation beyond that you know it wasn't necessarily a popular thing mm. and it was it it wasn't seen as like a career, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was seen as, okay, there's a, there's a select few that the popular DJs, because we hear them on the radio and yeah. that's yeah, what we yeah. see as a DJ, but you know, a lot, a lot of careers like that, like, you know, being a YouTuber, like yeah, you know, course, being, being a yeah. gamer, like, you know, your, your parents would yeah. tell you not to spend all day on your games yet. You know, you've got like EA sports uh, uh, players, you know, making millions, big e-gamers making millions now. Like, yeah, it's like with the last like the last generation, like previous tours, like our parents, yeah. like in that age, there's not, there was no real, real creative jobs. You know what I mean? And they're very niche if they were. Yeah. So it's like, it's more of like, they've just done these normal working, like maybe office jobs and stuff. And to hear yeah. all these new jobs, like now it's just crazy to them. But to us, it's kind of more accepted as normal, I guess. That's for sure. So how did your parents come around to the idea? Uh, when making money. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. Yeah, when, when I was like, yeah, I'm making money from it. And they're like, right, well, can start charging you board now and stuff like pay to live at home and stuff i was like fine i'm making money but yeah yeah, it wasn't until like they saw that i was actually making a decent living off of it that they were like yeah cool did they ever put you like not to throw your parents under the bus by any means but i know there'll be listeners who resonate with this so is there any point where they were like they gave you an ultimatum or anything like that where it's like right if you're going to do this or you know, um, if this doesn't work out in this amount of time, you've got to go to uni or anything. No, like that. they didn't really like let it get to that point. They were more. I kind of said to them, I was like, I just want to take a year after I finish school. So I finished sixth form, which is I don't know what that equivalent to in pre-college. America is. That, like yeah, pre-college, like pre-college, just pre-college. pre-uni. So I was like, I'll give myself a year, see what I can make of it. If it doesn't work out, go find something else. And I kind of said that to them rather than them being to me like, this is what you have to do. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I was quite lucky with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was yours like that, or you just you just kind of um, just went? Well, no. So mine was a case of <laughs> I started DJing younger, like thirteen, fourteen years old, and it was straight up a hobby, like you say. Yeah. I didn't even realize that DJs, yeah. DJing was a job. I didn't yeah. know it was a job. I just thought it was just something that people did as like a, a hobby in the bedroom because I'd never been to a club, I'd never yeah. seen a DJ, and I didn't really associate what I heard on the radio with DJing. Yeah. Um, so, but my dad was really into clubbing and he sort of got me into it through a friend of his. Um, but getting actually into getting gigs, it was a case of, well, there's two sides to this. I was going to go to university and at the last minute I, I was, I was accepted in the uni. Oh, I was no. going to move city and everything. Oh. And literally like three months before I was meant to move, I, I canceled my place and I was like, mum, I'm staying and I'm crazy. running events. I didn't know that, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. learned something new so, today. So yeah, I was, I was all ready to move and I got my place and everything, but basically I started running college events while I was in college, like you were saying about college and sixth form, it's the same, same age um, bracket here in the UK. So I was in college and I started running college events with a friend of mine where all, it was like an under 18s event where loads of uh, college kids could come and party. And, you know, it was at the clubs in the city center and that was becoming really successful and that was what helped me make the decision. I was like, well, look, I'm making money out of this. I'm enjoying it. If I want to go to uni, I was going to do like graphic design. And I thought mm. I could do that without going to uni. So yeah. I, I made the conscious decision. It wasn't like I just threw my life away. I like, I consciously thought about it and sat with it. Yeah. And I thought if I want to do the thing I'm going to uni to do, I don't necessarily need to go to uni to do that. Um, so that's what helped me make the decision to stick at running events and then eventually DJing full time. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I actually went, 
from high school, college again, yep. and then went and got a job. Like I was renting houses out <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was going to all the clubs. And like I say, I was doing this um, for like a year and going to all the clubs, um, just hanging out with people, the DJs and things like that. Not really just do it like doing it as a hobby. Mm. And then, um, you know, one time this DJ just said, I need somebody to come and help me like flyer and um, post of my events. Social media had just started. That's, that's, Shows my age, but like Facebook had just started. So it was like running Facebook for him and things like that. And so I literally left my job like within one conversation. <laughs> like nice. it was like, I, d I didn't even ask how much we're going to get paid. I was just like, I want to do this hundred percent. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then do you remember how much you got paid on your first ever gigs or? Remember? I, I, didn't, I, did, I definitely didn't get paid for the first gig. No, no. Like um, the first one you did get paid for. Yeah. Cause like when you're starting out, you're probably going to do stuff for free. I definitely did things for free. I think you did the restaurants and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Random, random um, bits you pick up, like doing things for free. It's, it's different yeah. for me because my first proper gigs were my own events. So I put on my own events ah, yeah, and I was yeah. DJing at them. So I wasn't, you know, obviously I was taking door money there rather yeah. than a wage and we'd be hiring other DJs as well as myself to play. So that was like my first, I, I vividly remember like the feeling of getting home after playing that first gig and just... Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget it. No. Um, when you've got that crowd response and it's the first time you properly experience that, and I won't yeah. forget that. But from a pay perspective, from an external promoter, that kind of came off the back of me building a bit of a following. You know, yeah, building yeah, a bit yeah, of a following, yeah. a, an in-person following at that time. Yeah. Um, through these college parties that we were throwing, and obviously the the other promoters thought, oh well, if we book him as a DJ at our event, he might bring some of these people that he's taking to his event yeah. over to mm. ours. So then I started charging but i think it was only 30 pounds yeah i think 30 pounds was my like first initial rate yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. first sort of wage i remember yeah nice. i was doing yeah like i said doing a few kind of little residency for, for free like maybe an hour here two hours there just for free just enjoying it. it would literally take all my friends there like between 10 and 20 friends every yeah. week the promoter was just like yeah bring your friends and you can dj <laughs> like yeah. um did that for ages and one time we just came in the room opened the door while i was djing and just give me 15 pounds and i was like whoa nice this is sick yeah. <laughs> literally paid for my petrol money but i was oh. like yeah that was absolutely i was absolutely buzzing with that what did it you? stay like that for a while or did it change? i actually can't remember i i quickly went i quickly got like a lot of gigs like i remember my my entry into actually getting my first club gig and then having like three or four was pretty quick it was like a couple of months maybe a month mm. or something um and that started to snowball just because i was i knew the right people before i started djing kind of thing yeah um, how confident were you how long had you been djing by this point where you'd got three or four gigs? i reckon i was in my bedroom for about a year 18 months um and then doing a few clubs restaurants house parties i did throw some of my own events as well um, for another maybe six months and then i had like about i i could I, had, I was comfortable making money from djing about from from getting my first set of decks for about two years two and a half years maybe i think so, yeah i think that's roughly. a really really big point to make here yeah. is that two and a half years until you were starting to get comfortable yeah living yeah. off djing 100%. same for me you know well probably longer for me because i started when i was 14 um, and I was honing that craft before I even knew it was a job. And it wasn't, I wasn't working in a club until I was 17. Like, yeah. so there was at least three years there where I'd been practicing. There's no, there's no online like education to, no. <laughs> to like navigate you through yeah. what to do, what yeah. not to play, what yeah. to, who to so talk So you can to. fast track that a little bit with oh, courses, yeah. like the courses that we offer. But even still, like, even if you take an online course, like the ones we offer, we'd still recommend like, don't try and, 
you know, rush that experience mm. of no. laying that groundwork and really familiarizing yourself with the art of DJing the thing and getting with used to it. Just internet in general now is there is answers to everything and people want all the answers before they go and get exp the experience because yeah. they don't want to get anything yeah. wrong and it's just mm. like that. One of the joys of DJing is getting things wrong and just learning. Oh yeah, big yeah. time. Um, yeah, things like that. I was going to say, how do you feel? How confident did you feel at those first gigs? Do you feel like you still had a long way to go? I, f I feel like when you're a bit younger, you've got a bit of blind arrogance about you. Like yeah. uh, you just, you just on in it for the ride. There's no mm. expectation level or anything like that. I didn't have any um, like responsibilities or like major bills to pay or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just about going to the next gig and, and learning and going to the next gig, learning, building a bit of a, like you say, local following of friends and things like that that will come to your events and getting to know other DJs and things like that. Yeah. Um, but like I say, from that kind of first kind of 15 pounds, I think it went to up to about 75 pounds for like a, a full night, like, you know, yeah. four or yeah. five hours a night, up to about 75 pounds. Um, and then from there, it went up to about... 120 between 120 150 pounds was kind of the going rate from when i was like a, a full-time working dj mm -hmm. um, and that'd be like for a full residency night um and that that wouldn't that was total so if i had a gig in manchester which is like an hour away from me it would still be the same so yeah you, know, yeah. you got to factor in you know petrol and, and and then as well like you know i was buying records that was coming yeah, out of it. Yeah. I was buying records and yeah. things like that and then um, you got to kind of take all that into consideration. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because people think maybe these streaming services are expensive. You know, like you might want Beatport, and and it costs thirty pounds a month or something, or a, or a record pool for thirty pounds a month. Yeah. But you could you'd get a couple of songs for that back in the day. So yeah, actually, man. there's a luxury yeah, there man, to have time. access to a catalogue of music for just that much a month. Yeah. Um, how about you, Danny? When you started actually gigging, um, like what were kind of wages you were? So my first ever gigs was like birthday parties for friends and then after doing those off the back of them i'd kind of get booked for other people's parties that were there i remember one time i played at this uh this actually leads on to my first residency but i played at this um bar just on this like little town high street somewhere that this girl had hired out and uh, i don't think she told her mum that i was charging for it all right and i charged her 30 pound for the whole night and then i got to the end of the night and um and mum was like paying me, she's like, oh, I didn't realise that to pay you. And she was like pulling out like coins and stuff. I was oh, like, this no. is awkward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I got paid that £15, that was yeah. all coins. Was like, <laughs> coins. Yeah, I felt so bad. But then off the back of that, I was this bar that I was playing at, the guy was like, oh, uh, where else do you play? I was like, nowhere, I'm 15. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He was like, do you want to play here? I was like, sure. It was just yeah, this yeah, tiny yeah. little bar. It was literally like playing in a living room. It was that small. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, do you want to come play every Friday and Saturday? And I had no equipment. Like, Well, I had uh, decks and that was it. I had to get speakers off a friend at the time. But then I bought some speakers. I remember my dad used to take me uh, to this gig every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. This was before that like restaurant one that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he used to take me every Friday and Saturday night. He used to play from eight till midnight. That's when it closed. Um, and they used to pay me £60 a night. Yeah. So yeah. for 15-year-old, oh, £60 yeah, for a yeah. Friday and £60 for a Saturday, yeah. I was absolutely buzzing. You and know what? You, you've literally just sparked a memory of like the, the moment I knew that I was a work, like a working DJ. So I'd been um, I'd been kind of going around with my, my mentor at the time and, and watching him and, and kind of, he would pay me like £40 to like warm up for him. I think he was, yeah. he was probably on 150 or something like that. And then... I covered for him one night, one time on a Friday night in in uh, in Manchester, and the the owner of that club rang him and said, "Oh, Lawrence did a really good job last night for me. Mm. I need someone every Friday and Saturday." 
So he rings me, he goes, oh, do you want this gig every Friday and Saturday? And he goes, oh, it's a, uh, 175 pounds. I was like, oh my God, for like a weekend. I was like, that's unreal. 175 pounds for a, a weekend work. Like, absolutely. So yeah, he went, no, no, it's 175 pounds per night. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> 175 per night. And yeah. then, so then then I literally, I think I think that's when I quit, quit full-time job or quit working for him or something. And then, yeah, I was, I was at that gig for like three years and that's where yeah, I yeah. learned nice. how to DJ like yeah. Friday, yeah, Saturday yeah. night, every night, the same spot, similar crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's so important to get that residency under your belt it is a big and time. commit to it. Don't yeah. try and like bump yeah. you up the ladder too quick. Just get in a residency and just do the best job you can and learn as yeah. much as you can in that residency. And just, you know, whatever money you're making is great, but it's about the experience. And then from there, mm. that money starts going up. But it's just reminded me of a story. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. All, this, all this conversation about starting out. So I actually, when I'm thinking about it, one of the first gigs that I got, externally to running my own events it was actually through my dad and his circle of mates really? in the industry um but I, it was someone who owned a, a lap dancing bar yes oh, oh yeah you said yeah. this yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, i was yeah. 17 i wasn't even allowed in there legally but he told them that i was 18 <laughs> and he was like oh my son can dj you can come and like play the tunes now this was not djing bear in mind this is not the djing that you would think this is just going up to like a cd rack mount thing that was connected to like a um, a computer and yeah. it was just like loading a song in and pressing <laughs> play. There was no mixing involved really. But then I had you to, have to announce, the strippers. Had to announce yes. the strippers and everything. So Introducing so, cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. So did you know what? That was a character builder in itself oh, because I was like, I am way out my depth here. This is not the right place for me or job for me. But you know what? It's paying well and yes. I'm going to go for it. And it's an experience. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I was, He's I lying. was. He wasn't getting paid. He just wanted to go for the experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was yeah. an experience. But uh, to be honest, I think I quit that gig off my own back after like a couple of months because I just wasn't really enjoying it. And I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. This is not what I want to do as a DJ. No. I want to be like mixing and have people dancing, like yeah. properly dancing yeah. uh, in front of me. So that was, it was a cool experience. So, um, so uh, yeah, getting your first gigs and that's the kind of story, our story anyway. Then you have to become, you know, full-time working DJ. And so, like I say, from where we are, and generalization, I've, I've got friends who DJ in America, New Zealand, Australia. It's all very, very similar. Mm. Um, but you know, you're going to have to do four, four, five, six nights a week to, to you know, make a living from DJing. And like yeah. I say, the kind of going rate is anywhere from kind of 150 pounds to, to 250. Yeah. It's kind of the going rate for like a standard resident. And like I say, you'd be doing that four, five, six times a week if you're if you if you're good at it and you make the right connection and things like that um then there's kind of going on to like the the next level so how do you get past that if you want to get past that you can make a living off that for years like yeah years and years and if you want to get past that there's a few things that you you need to kind of do there's the obvious route which is the artist route right yeah. which is making music mm -hmm. um getting a few plays whether that's on radio or you know just soundcloud views getting a following which will bump it up which essentially the way it works is if you've got obviously more following, you're going to get paid more because people are going to come see you. Yeah. Promoters can charge more on the door, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So again, two ways. One would be the artist route. Secondly, it would be to become kind of more like a viral um, DJ. So uh, get a following from online mixes or you as a personality. Um, and once you start bumping up numbers on Instagram and TikTok and things like that, clubs will look for that because they are, because Clubs and venues and things like that need content. Yeah. They need people to sell to want to come to their event. To want yeah. to come mm. to their event. Yeah. So you're gonna to have to think about, you know, what can you 
provide? What's your kind of USP um, and things like that? So I did. I I took that leap. I went and bought a camera one time and 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 started filming. And I had a few viral videos off the back of that. I started getting different different types of bookings. You know, I'd gone from doing five hour five hour gigs to um, clubs wanting to pay me way more just for, just to come and do an hour. Yeah. Um, I think what I take from this is yeah. you go from being a provider. Yeah. So you're providing the music yeah. for a space to being like an entertain an entertainer or an attraction. Yeah. yeah. So you're attracting people to that space. Yeah. So that's sort of the, the difference between the two. And I think that's where the price does change. Yeah, for sure. Is you're not just rocking up to a club and you could do a fantastic job, but you're not attracting anything to that gig yeah. per se. You know, mm. fair enough. If you make it a great place week in, week out, it starts to build a following and you know the, the event and the brand maybe builds a following and you know you're part of that. But yeah. if you wanted to get booked and just charge a higher fee right there off the bat, then you've got to attract people to that venue in yeah. some yeah. shape or form. Yeah. Mm. But now is the best chance to do it because there's yep. so many different ways of doing that. Before, like you say, it was just the artist route. You're like, you're a DJ or you make yep. music and you're an artist, but there's so many other ways now thanks to online presence. For sure. Yeah. You know, if you see there's influencers now sell it, you know, Coca-Cola and stuff are not doing traditional advertising. They're getting influencers. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing in the DJ space. They're not just going for like a traditional artist. They're like, okay, let's think, you know, a bit more clever here. Let's not spend thousands of pounds on some big artists. Let's try and find some sort of influencer DJ mm. in yeah. our local area and they'll actually do a great job at bringing people to our event because yeah. they're popular online like whether that's fortunate or unfortunate you know people might see both sides of this and go oh it shouldn't just be about how popular you are yeah. and it isn't really you've still got to do a good job still like got to, yeah yeah you've you still know? got to come and provide and bring the bangers and stuff yeah so i got I, yeah i got um like a booking agent and things like that and then yeah the fee just went up from kind of doing two and 200 pounds, 150 pounds, 200 pounds a night, went up from anywhere between 500 to 1,000 pounds. Mm. And like you say, it's a totally different way of doing it because then you, the process changes of like, okay, you, you, you might only be doing like two sets, uh, two hour sets on a weekend. Yeah. But then your whole week is surrounded by making content and, and yeah. fulfilling that clientele. So it's a bit of a shift in kind of workflow and work pattern. Then you've got, you know, your, your, your booking agent wants to make money from you and yeah. there's other external pressures as well. So you can be in a comfort zone with your kind of residency thing. So once you step outside of that, yeah, you're making more money, but there's a lot more pressure and things to keep up appearances and things like that. Yeah. Um, but like you say, you can make anything from, up, from between sort of 500 pounds up to, I know... Um, some of my friends who are quite big in the industry up to kind of three, four, five thousand yeah. pound off the back of having a big social media following, maybe having some songs on the radio and yeah, just being able to bring people to the event is like, that's kind of the next step from resident. Yeah. Um, there's also another side of it. There's also the kind of corporate world, um, which pays more than a resident DJ. So definitely wedding DJs and just any corporate event will generally be paid more usually because they want you to bring your own equipment mm -hmm. generally not always but generally but then also these these corporate people have and weddings they have just way bigger budgets they're one-off events they're not your uh you know people aren't going to the club and paying you know three dollars entry fee they are big events with big budgets and they'll have christmas parties or you know um, yeah. yeah big weddings i mean people spend you know, thousands of thousands of pounds on their wedding and they'll spend whatever they want to get a good DJ. Yeah. Because right. they're not having to factor in the yeah. ticket price because exactly. you're not trying to sell tickets to cover your costs and make some money. Yeah. They have already spent that money in their head. They've got a budget, like you say, mm -hmm. and that money is spent. They're not making it back. It's like for the sake of the 
their company event or whatever. So, yeah. you know, th this is where it's like, how much of that pie can you eat into as a DJ, I suppose? And sure. usually these events and music is a big part of it. They want to create an atmosphere and create a good so, time for their clientele or whoever it is they're putting it on yeah, for. Big so, time. And there's the other flip side of generally sort of corporate or event DJs will have all their equipment. So they have to factor that into a cost as well. You know, if, if they've bought, if they spent thousand pounds on speakers and they're taking all their decks, their CDJ 3000s and, and yeah. it's a six grand setup, they've got a fact, they've got to pay all that back and they've got to, mm. uh, you know, their lighting, you know, the, the, the amps and all that. So generally from corporate events, it can literally range from anything from sort of 2000 pounds up to sort of five, six grand, depending on kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's a great way to, to get into as well, because I feel like, especially if you're like an open format DJ, it's just something that can be, you can be a working DJ as well in clubs and just have this kind of in the background. There are DJ kind of agencies out there that you can connect with that hire people in the private event space. Yeah. So they can be doing all the work for you, you know, putting your name out there. If you've got good you know, content saying, hey, this guy's a good DJ. Um, if you're on a roster of DJ agencies or private event agencies, they can be doing the, the work for you, trying to get yeah. you the gigs. So again, it's just another good way of, thinking about trying to earn money as a DJ if you're you don't just have to be a club DJ in air quotes mm -hmm. I just want to touch on the fact as well of when planning for this of moving from because a lot of people that are listening probably are in full-time work yep. and they're wanting to turn DJing into a career and yep. make that move um but something you've got to factor in and you'll know this Danny is that what residences are you trying to pick up and, yeah. and what zoom out you know yeah. if you get a residency like is this a new night that's just started and could only last a few weeks yeah you don't want to quit your job just off the back of you know this new event that someone's giving you a shot but actually the night's not been running for long and it could just flop just as easy as it started mm. so you don't want to risk your career on that and also you know zoom out as well is the event a 52 week a year event is it going to run all the year round or is it a student event where it only runs when the students are in that town or city yeah you know and that's something to factor in is like how much is that gig going to pay you across the course of a year and then you want to start looking at all those residences and like do they stack up against you know your full-time job i knew so, so many djs when i was full-time dj working but who were like hybrid you know they'd work monday to friday in their job yep. and they'd probably work thursday night you know and just be tired on friday but they'd work thursday night friday night saturday night in clubs as a dj and they'd kind of have that friday daytime where they just knew they were going into work on not much sleep but the weekend was coming and they could catch up on it a little bit sure. and yeah they did that for years and that was like the way they approached djing and i've got to attest that you know even me when i did it as a full-time career a lot of my gigs were student gigs and I had to factor that in that I still needed to pick up other gigs during the summertime when, yeah. you know, all the students went home mm -hmm. or maybe even over the Christmas time, you know, I had That's to get those point. extra gigs that just topped up my yearly wage to make it viable, you know, as a full-time career. Mm. That's a great point, actually. Um, yeah, doing summer residences, that's a big yeah. one. I mean, not sure how it works. I think, you know, in America, you've obviously got like spring break periods and things like that. I'm not sure yeah. how it works, but in England... Um, for the whole summer, a lot of the really good DJs do go abroad to your party islands, your Ibithas, your Zantes, your Malias, yeah. because that's where the money is. Um, the, the clubs are still open here, but over there you can go and earn a quick, um, basically double what you, you would make over here in the kind of nine, ten week summer period. Mm -hmm. Great experience. Um, you know, great lifestyle as well. You can you can create unreal connections. There's people who've gone over there for a summer and like ended up living <laughs> living there and yeah. working there. Um, but again, just another good good route as a DJ. But yeah. what you got to factor in is, I was always quite good at. I would 
I'd kind of go have a gig, come back, keep my re- uh, residencies here, um, and also pick up new ones. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, DJs go away, but, you know, soon as they come back, it's like, oh, you know, are you going to give them it back? Or is, is there another DJ that stepped in that's doing a better job? Or, yeah. you know, it's that that kind of thing. Mm. That comes back to being really confident in your skill set and yourself, ability yeah. as well in yourself as a DJ because it is a big decision to yep. leave a gig temporarily and let someone else take it on because it's not guaranteed you're going to get it back. And it's yeah. like, am I good enough to come back? And that promoter still want me, yeah. you know, desperately want me to take on that gig again, even though I haven't been here for three months or something. Yeah, yeah, I was sure. going to say that, like, I, I never did the whole abroad thing, but because most of the nights that I did were just student nights. And like say, they did finish at summer, but there was some gigs that would try run all year round. And then off the back of that, these DJs would go away, but then they'd come back and then, I've taken their gig and I'd feel bad about it from the other side. Yeah. It's like, I've, yeah. I don't know these people, but I've been given their gig yeah. and it's like, not out of like intention or anything. It was just, no, no, because, happens, because but... they might have, they might have like um, a pact or a, um, an agreement with like a manager saying, oh, when I come back in 10 weeks, is it okay? They'll be like, yep. And then the manager might leave. <laughs> yeah. And then it's open mm-hmm. field then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, so, like I said, that's the kind of tiers where we're at. So then there's like the, the extreme level so i was also a promoter for about six seven years and i booked some huge huge acts like dj fresh chasing status um skepta yeah. kano um oliver heldens i had lady gaga at one point in harrogate yeah that's crazy <laughs> um and that's on a different level right we are talking now certified different. you know radio one plays arena tours yeah coming to do you a dj set and i think the most i've ever paid for one is like 20 grand yeah um but you're talking between anything between 10 and, and 30 grand for yeah. an elite level artist who is going to sell out. You're going to be able to sell tickets for $15, $20, mm-hmm. $30. Um, and that's the kind of top end of it. Yeah. Um, who, who are some of the guys you've, you've played with in the, in the time? I played with, I played with quite a lot of the UDM yeah, guys yeah, yeah. Um, through the clubs that I was playing at at the time. They booked a lot of them. So like your Martin Garrix, Oliver Heldens again. Yeah. N- Nervo, is it? Nervo. Um, yeah. Tommy Trash. All that kind like of EDM scene. That was just nuts. so, literally they booked Martin Garrix perfectly because Animals was like number <laughs> one. As, you know, they did that perfect thing where they got yeah, him just yeah, at the right time. Yeah. Um, so he was probably cheaper than he would have been five weeks later, you know. Sure. Um, but I don't know how much they paid for these artists. Like I wasn't, the booker for them yeah, but yeah. Yeah. i know that they had to sell out the venues they had to yeah. sell tickets at 20 pounds like you say you know that they're a premium yeah. ticket price yeah, to, to make making, up for it these so. guys are making ridiculous numbers but they have again they have ridiculous outgoings and expenditures yeah they have teams to pay for now yeah they have mm-hmm. managers um press managers they have um just all expenditure that goes with being an artist is a full team thing isn't it yeah, yeah. That, that helps for the sure. price as well um i also want to touch on just um, creating income in kind of other ways. We live in a, a completely social world now where you can make money that isn't in a nightclub or at a bar or at a wedding. Mm. You know, you have things like Twitch now. You can get paid from streaming on Twitch. There's a lot of, I feel like it's a lot bigger in America than it is here, but still, there is still DJs in yeah. the UK that are making money off Twitch. But a lot of the big American um, DJs are making money off, 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 you know, setting up and doing live streams. Um, me personally, again, in lockdown, I had a good relationship with a lot of the universities that I played for before, played yeah. for before, and they were paying me in lockdown to, to DJ for them to their like new students. Cause obviously everything was closed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so making money through live streams is kind of the easiest go to 
It was like Zoom parties, wasn't it? Yeah. You were literally DJing through Zoom DJing to, to uni- hundreds, university hundreds students. Of students in front of me, um, and yeah, just another way of, of of doing it. To be fair, yeah. Um, and like I say, with Twitch and things like that, it's never kind of been easy. And you can build a following, making money from home. Um, it's just another thing to think about as well. Yep. Yeah, I know you can do a similar thing with Mixcloud. I don't know how, you know, it's not really yeah. been adopted necessarily yet, but you can have memberships to you yep. as a, an artist or a DJ on Mixcloud so people can pay to access more exclusive mixes, you know, so maybe you put an exclusive mix out once a month that only the paying members can access. And, you know, it's another way that you could, it's, by no means you're going to make a career out of that and a living out of it, but adding all these things into the stuff you're already doing, it can top up that wage to make it more viable to become a full-time career for yeah. sure um and then just off the top of my head how many djs do you know that had a side hustle of like you know if you're a creative dj yeah. it's likely you're making content for yourself okay you know how to use a camera you know how to edit some footage oh, yeah. how many djs were like videographers yeah. editors on the side like it's, I mean, it's huge isn't Danny, it danny the video editor yeah. now like yeah. an unreal one so it's, it's yeah you, you pick up them skills don't you yeah mm, and sure. you can use those skills as a sideline yep. to, to mixing and, and, and earn extra wage there yeah um, I, I remember making um, radio jingles for some dubai radio stations just because yeah. i knew how to record put, put an effect on it yeah, <laughs> and mad. send it off to radio stations yeah like little things like that um really help um uh, fiverr.com so yeah you could yeah. offer your services to create like wedding mixes people yeah. offer services on there to you know you'll pay you five ten pounds or whatever just yeah. something small but for you to put a mix together of the song the playlist that they send you just yeah. so dj jingles dj yeah. jingles shout outs like if you know how to record yourself into a microphone record it put an echo on it <laughs> it's yeah. pretty yeah. much pretty much all it is things like that and then you've got the influencer side of stuff so yeah you know music is it's tricky because it's copyrighted a lot of it, but if you built a brand around yourself, there's no harm in you becoming like a YouTuber in the DJ space. Mm. Yeah, the, and you can monetize that if it's not mixes, if it's just you and your journey and things. You could start monetizing that journey. So. For sure, like like honestly, like you need to get on this, guys. Especially especially TikTok is a big one because one, you can go viral literally overnight. Like literally, you can have you can have fifty thousand followers in two months. Like promise you. Then what's going to happen is um, labels are going to approach you. Let's just say you're doing mixes, right? Labels are going to approach you for content. They're, the way that they promote their new artists, even big artists, like we get messages a couple times a month from big labels asking us to do what's called activations, which is they go, right, we've got this new song coming out. We, you know, Here it is. Do whatever you want to do with it. Just make sure you kind of tag us or, or, or ha- there's usually a hashtag involved. Yeah. But... Um, They'll, they'll ask you to either, you know, do a mashup or do a mix with it or something like that. And it's just, you know, it's easy money. Like it's, it's you know, it'll take you two seconds to record it in your bedroom. Um, and then you've got, um, and then if it does well, if that goes viral, then gee, they're going to come back to you over and over again. Because these big labels have hundreds of artists, um, hundreds of new songs coming out and they need to be creative about how they reach their audience. Mm. Um, so I get through Instagram, through TikTok. That is another way to get some income. Yeah. A great way. Yeah. Um, as you're aware, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, we have a Discord server where you can get involved and obviously put your questions in so that we can answer them. And there's a great discussion going on in there. Anyone can 
join it. All you need to do is set up a Discord account and then yeah. you join it. And it's just like, for anyone that's not used Discord, it's basically like a new version of the chat room and a forum all bundled into one. Yep. Um, there's thousands of people in there from all over the world, DJs from all over the world that you can communicate with, ask questions and chat with. And we're in there as well. So we've had some questions come through. We do wait, this wait, every wait, guys, week. Before we get into that. Okay. Got a surprise for you. Oh, go on. I prepared a quiz. Oh, I right. was thinking Listen, this earlier. I, thought, I was. I'm I did mix it up for season four, new season. Right. I'm not gone too deep with the quiz. It's just okay. a very easy game. Okay. Just start a little break it up. Yeah. Let's you guys go. can get involved if you're listening or watching. Have we got any? I didn't get any jingles ready. It's a very, it's a very simple quiz, guys. We could do a harp. So what yeah, I'm gonna do? Harp. What's a harp? <laughs> oh man. We need some more. We're going to get some more jingles. That's my job <laughs> next week is to get some fresh jingles. So we're going to do this every week. It's going to be between you two. I'm okay. going to set the quiz. It's between you two. And then, oh, what's you know, the prize? Uh, a high five from me. Brilliant. Right. So it's a simple... Can't wait to win! <laughs> it's a simple higher or lower game. There's 10, there's, um, 10 questions. You have to go higher or lower. You get a point for every time you get the higher or lower question, right? Whoever's okay. got the most points at the end will win today's round. Okay. And then we'll top up the total at the end. Right. So you're going down. <laughs> so today's topic is monthly Spotify plays. So we're going oh, route one. Wow. We're going route one with it. We just chose, I've just chose like the biggest I'm DJs, and we're gonna go like who has the most Spotify plays, higher or lower. Okay. So the first one is Skrillex, sixteen point five million plays. Okay, that's the first one. Does Diplo have more or less plays per month than Skrillex at sixteen point five million? Higher. I'm going to say higher. higher. Do what, does it come in? Do we have to go opposite? Have we thought? No, no, no. You, go, you right, can go okay. with what you All both right. think. All right. Higher. higher, yeah. Higher. You're both right. Yeah. So Diplo has. We need a ding. Yeah, we need a ding. We need a ding. Yeah, yeah sorry, ding. guys. This is, this is literally <laughs> this thought is, about this, this two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diplo has 30.2 million monthly. Um, listens and i'm wow. guessing that's because he produces for so many i was gonna probably. say that yeah, yeah his probably. name's alongside so many things like all the major laser probably. songs are all say diplo on it probably um yeah. right so count your points you've got one each you you keep okay. score your own points okay right? i can't do everything I'll put do it <laughs> <laughs> right diplo 30.2 million um does avici have more or less than diplo oh i'm gonna say less lower i'd oh. say well no i'd say higher lower 28 mil less is lower. Oh, wow. Just, only just, just though. Only just. Wow. So keep scoring your points, guys. Okay, okay. So 28 mil Avicii. Higher or lower for Martin Garrix? Ooh. I'm going to go lower again, you know. I'm going to go higher. Lower 20 million. So really, Jamie's flying it. It's because he loves EDM. <laughs> <laughs> this should be pretty straightforward. Tw Martin Garrix, 20 mil. Calvin Harris, more or less? More. 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 51 Damn. million, Calvin Harris. Now, this might be tricky. David Guetta. I know. Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> David Guetta. I've, I've, been, I've been told it's Guetta. I've been saying Guetta for 20 years. Right. David Guetta. So Calvin Harris, 51.6 million monthly um, Spotify listens. David Guetta, more or less? Higher or lower? I'm saying lower. I'm going to say higher. 66 million higher. What? Yes. Jeez. Flying. Um, 66 million, David Guetta. Higher or lower? Swedish House Mafia. Oh, well, they have, they've made a comeback recently, haven't they? So. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it, yeah. could be, it could be a different one. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'd say lower. Lower. It's a lot lower. Yeah, David Guetta, yeah. David Guetta is a radio guy. Getter. 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 David's Guetta. Um, <laughs> Swedish House Mafia have 18 million. Okay. Um, they're the lowest... Oh, no, Skrillex is the lowest so far. Yeah, Swedish House Mafia, 18 million. Okay. Tiesto, higher or lower? Swedish House Mafia to Tiesto... 
Higher. I'm going with higher. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with higher. 35 million higher. Yeah. Um, two more left. So Tiesto, 35 million plays. Dimitri Vegas and like Mike, higher or lower? Lower. lower. Yeah. 9.5 million. And the last one is Rehab, higher or lower? Lower. Lower. It's way higher. 19 really? million. Wow. So what are the scores? Five. Eight. Well done, Jamie. You are, nice. you are the first winner of the game that has not been named. But higher or lower? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I did have a tiebreaker as well. That's how prepared I was. Just in case you got both. No need. Whoever's smashed it. <sighs> well, yeah. Uh, how how many does Oliver Heldens have? Oh, I was going to say how the closest. Our closest number yeah. wins. Um, thirty million. I'd say twenty. Eight point nine. Wow. Really? <laughs> okay. So, well, what was rehab? Rehab was uh, 16, uh, 19.1. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, that is interesting. But I think it's just I don't really. Not really aware of yeah. rehab's music, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. when you say a rehab song, I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was all over the radio, yeah, and you, yeah, you know yeah. it inside yeah, yeah. out. It's like, one of them for sure. Yeah. Right. Great. Should we do so, some questions? Should we do some questions? Yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a lot this week. Oh, just if you want to get questions in, go join the Discord. Links yes. in the description. Um, Come join it. It's, it's a party in there. It's a party. Right. So, question number one from Keg. Keg. Uh, will record box get stems as well? Anything you know from the roadmap? Right. Don't know anything. We, we never get told a roadmap. We yeah. do not. P Pioneer will not tell you a roadmap. That's a fact. No. So Pioneer don't tell Pioneer a roadmap. <laughs> they just do it. Like um, the way the way I see it is, in five years' time, they'll do stems. That's yeah. I, they don't need to. They they just I just don't feel. I don't feel like they they need to or have any desire to to activate this. They could do it. I mean, I mean, you know, they've got a, a probably a bigger team and a bigger budget than Serato have to do theirs. But I just don't feel like they need to. I know if you're a record box user, you probably want it. Um, yeah. I just don't. I just. I don't see it don't happening see it. in the next there's, there's two, two to three years yeah. anyway. There's two sides to it though, yeah. isn't there? Whereby, like, you see it in the CUJ three thousands, whereby there were so many things they could have done there yeah. to, like, mm. yeah. you know, put Wi-Fi in there and all that kind of stuff, and and make it proper touchscreen like a denim one. Yeah. But they didn't yeah. because they had to, you know, make it still suitable for their artists, the people that are touring constantly, that are used to a certain layout. Yeah, they're, they're not using, but they're not they're mashuping not, on the fly. They're, yeah. they're big artists who they kind of curate these products with and mm. not after on the fly kind of mashup mixing, really. No. But you've got the huge market of people yeah. who bought DJ 400s, DJ 1000s, who are controller DJs in the bedroom. They're starting on their ecosystem that, you know, a, a total wide range of DJs that mm. you've got to kind of cater for. Now, software is easier to develop and update than it is to make a whole new piece of hardware yeah, and release yeah. it and have a whole product chain that goes with it. Um, so it could come. Don't get could me wrong, do. it could come. But like you say, I think it could be another two years or something. Yeah, yeah. for we sure. We might be totally wrong. Well, uh, one thing I do know is that there was like, you know, Algorithm built their own sort of version of it. And then I don't know if Virtual DJ acquired something or whether they built their own or they acquired some other technology and integrated it into theirs. I know Serato built their own. And I know building this technology isn't just like the click of a button. I think it no. takes quite a bit of work to build this AI, you know, yourself. Yeah. Not to say there isn't technology you could acquire out there and they could, you know, they could already have it available and they're just not rolling it out. Who knows? There's a lot, been a lot of pressure though this week, this last week though. A lot of record box users are asking for it. So, yeah. you know, if you keep up the pressure, gang, then who knows? Maybe. Right. So we've got a lot of STEM questions, so you better be yeah, ready. Yeah, let's go. So next one is from Tom Ace. Cool. 
Uh, is there any real sound difference between virtual DJ and Serato using stems? And what about CPU and memory usage with these? This is interesting. Great question. Yes, there is a big sound difference. I huge. think absolutely huge sound difference. Like like you say, Serato has been built from the ground up and is the mm. newest one. So obviously you would expect it to be better. You can tell. Um, so Virtual DJ have tried to isolate more more parts of yeah. the song. So there's more yeah. options like just the hi-hats or just the kick. Yeah. But it's a bit too granular in my mind. And also, yes, from testing, there's definitely a huge difference. Huge. Yeah, have a look at our Instagram. We, we put some um, comparisons out and the overwhelming uh, majority are, are saying Serato. Yeah. Uh, as far as CPU though, what I will say is I'm not I'm not the technical person that, that checks this stuff. I know for a fact that Serato is heavy on the CPU. Um, and this was told to us by Serato themselves. Yep. You know, this is something that they're working on and they're going to be improving. Yeah. Um, but, you know, big shout out to Mojax here. He's, you know, does some great videos mm -hmm. for BeatSource and used to be for DJ City. But he's done, he mentioned in his review that he did a proper CPU load test between yep. the two. And Virtual DJ hardly has any load on it, whereas Algorithm and Serato have a lot of CPU load oh, there. Mm -hmm. I think Algorithm was the highest, then Serato DJ, and yeah. then... Virtual DJ had barely no no effect at on the CPU yeah. at all. Yeah. So interesting. interesting. And, and bear in mind, guys, as well, it is still like I say, still beta. So yeah, of course. anything can happen with before release. He's also said about the memory usage as well, and I know Mojax yeah. did mention that in his as well. That when you do analyze these stem files, that it comes to the equivalent of near enough three of the audio track. Yeah, oh, you know, right, so it's okay. it's a lot on your memory, but. Yeah. Like I say, it could be another thing that's right or working it's just, on to yeah, streamline it. It's maybe. just anything with technology. Technology, you, you know, you just, you're supposed to change your laptop every six months out you to keep up with technology. <laughs> yeah, Impossible, I like get that. it, but it is a it is a thing that's been developed with new technology in mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right, next question. Apart from stems, we'll go for a different one. Yeah. Uh, in your opinion, where is the actual home of modern electronic music? The actual home. So I think what he means by this is like. You know, you think about Ibiza being Ibiza, the home of yeah. dance I mean, music or something. That's the easy one. What's, so what's the current home of it? Or where did it He's, originate? Where is the actual where home? Where is the actual home? Actual home. Because if you think it's about... Because, the, the thing I think is it's this, moved home. The thing is with this <laughs> yeah. question is, there's, there's different answers for different there's genres. There is, genres. totally. It's yeah. a huge topic, yeah. you, you know. Currently, yeah, you've got you think, like Chicago and Detroit, Chicago, for like Detroit yeah. house music. Yeah, if you're talking hip hop, you've got like New York and Brooklyn and things like that. So, it's not really electronic. Exactly. Well, it can be kind of it electronic. Be, but, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a hard one. But. I think like, you know, Ibiza is always going to be the home of like dance music, I think. But like you say, you've got Chicago for house, Detroit, techno. It's, yeah. And then you could have like Europe, Europe I don't know, even like yeah. Amsterdam, like big EDM Amsterdam, scene yeah, came out of sure, Amsterdam, yeah. you know. So there's always new homes and it keeps moving depending on. Like you say, I mean, that is a genres. whole podcast. Yeah, about I think the current origins the, of music. The yeah. Origins. If we're talking is about it? the current home of it, like where would you go to like be yeah. immersed in electronic music? Yep. Then you've either got Ibiza, yeah. which has the balance of sort of the cool, the cool kids, the got techno, the house. It's got yep. the big room, the EDM, um, and it's even got big hip hop nights there now as well. So it's it kind of ticks all those boxes still. Yeah. yeah. Right. Next question: uh, Do stems make it easier to get into DJing? And maybe as big as the sync, and maybe be as big oh. as sync button in terms of making fundamental skills of DJing redundant. Um, stem, stems is a performance feature. Um, yeah. it doesn't, it won't help you learn how to DJ by any means. Um, if it, 
it's like I said, once you get familiar with beat matching and things like that, it's just an added, just like an effect or something. It's an added bit of creativity to your DJ set. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is it is interesting that you will. I've not. I don't use the EQs as much, but that's not that's not a fundamental part of DJing. No. It's just it's like a choice that I'm making to yeah. to not use them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, it will it will become a staple as a sync button because it is there now. It is there. Yeah. A touch of a button. It sounds awesome. Um, but so it's it, not an essential, like you say. It's, yeah. a, it's a performance. But it's so. a performance feature. Yeah. I would say off the back of that that. I am now just desperately trying to mix things with stems because I love it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. giving me so much more to have fun with yeah. and, and a new way to think about music and mixing in general. So in that instance, yes, it's a new fundamental thing in my mind because I'm approaching DJing in a new way again. And I've been doing this for a lot of years now and it's given me a tool to approach it in a totally new way. So that yeah. in its sense, yeah, I think it is fundamental and it will change a lot of people's approach to DJing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got two more um what is your opinion on software like the merge effects is that the one in flx6 it is scrap it get rid of it next question (laughs) (laughs) there you go agree uh right uh next last question here another stem one any different way to control the stems feature on serato other than the pads substituting the eqs like virtual dj oh right so i think i get yeah you can map the pads you can map you can map the um the stems the controls the for controls it, yeah. for it but you haven't yeah. got volume control yet for them yeah i can imagine serato are going to integrate this maybe i, I know see that some controllers have both it, algorithm so, and yeah. virtual dj do offer that volume control yeah um for me i don't need it right now i'm happy just experimenting with just toggling on and off and the effects you know like echoing parts of it out because i think it plays into that open format mixing best yeah it's tricky like i've tried it with algorithm where you sort of Blending, blending it in, but I don't know why you would. As if you blend, would use EQs, yeah. but blending the bassline, not yeah. blending the drums in, and I, I just feel like it doesn't quite gel as well together. Yeah. I feel like mm. if, if you're, you're gonna if you're gonna blend music, that's what EQs are for. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean. Whereas if you're so. going to swap the drums or layer a different drum pattern or different bassline in, it's just it just needs to be like done on phrase and swapped and, and put in there in place because you can't really have two bass lines in a song and exactly. ideally yeah. you don't really want two you know vocals in a song yeah. so you have one or the other so yeah. the blending kind of goes obsolete at those for those two stems at least yeah wicked thanks for your questions guys like i said get in the discord and ask these questions the discord goes off 24 7 thousands of djs in there discussing just like this just like in an open format room talking about anything and everything um Obviously, make sure you to check out wearecrossfader.co.uk. As always, for the podcast listener, any of our courses is 20% off with the code off the record. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And we will be back with another amazing quiz, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the, I'm ready. the I quiz is it. groundbreaking, right? I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks for listening or watching. I'll see you again soon. Thank you. Take care.